I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. During the commercial break there, I got my hands on some breaking news. And it is the latest numbers from the Utah Department of Health. I will start with the most tragic of news, and it is that eight more Utahns have lost their lives as a result of the coronavirus. Eight. That is a tie for the highest reported death number to date. Uh, on May 20th, uh, there were also eight Utahns who lost their lives that uh, again today. The details on those eight, five of them older than 85 years old, four males and a female, all of them residents of long-term care facilities amongst those five. The other three uh, to have lost their lives, one, a male between 18 and 60, uh, was hospitalized at the time of death. Same with uh, a Washington County resident, female between 18 and 60. She was also hospitalized at the time of her death. And the last uh, victim, Weber County resident, female between 60 and 85, she was a resident of a long-term care facility. The other numbers to share, there has been an increase of 325 cases from yesterday, a daily rate increase of 2.5% from yesterday. In terms of lab tests, an increase of 4,118 from yesterday's report. And then the positive rate right now stands at 5.2% of total tested. Uh, Last number I'll share with you is the hospitalization numbers. Since yesterday, there's been an increase of 20. And that Brings us to a total number of hospitalized cases of positive uh, COVID-19 sufferers at 130. 130. Uh, That number is still well below the state's capacity, uh, but it is uh, closer than we have been before. So if you are looking at these numbers the way I am and Uh, comparing them to past days. And if you look at some of the activities and some of the uh, attitudes of folks, we are seeing, uh, we're we're seeing a spike. This uh, is undeniably a spike uh, and we can uh, do nothing but uh, exercise common sense and maintain uh, the advice that's been handed down to us from the Department of Health, from folks like Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist, uh, continuing to give good advice. Uh, So those are the latest numbers uh, you can find Uh, More information, a more detailed breakdown of these numbers at kslnewsradio.com. And uh, we will uh, wait and see what comes tomorrow. Hopefully these numbers uh, start to reduce. I want to talk to you right now about sewage. Yeah, about about sewage. If you remember uh, early May, in fact, it was May 1st, uh, I believe I I looked at a story written by KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson. He and I as... We've joined each other on the air. We've been talking about some relatively somber stories the last number of occasions we've had to speak. But uh, if you go back to May 1st, he and I had a conversation. Uh, I don't remember if it was on the air or off, but I remember joking about it with him. (laughs) And it was as an announcement was made from researchers at the University of Utah that they would be finding ways to track the spread of the coronavirus, specifically specifically by testing sewage water. 
partnering with the Division of Water Quality, collecting wastewater samples throughout uh, the state to look for coronavirus in the sewage. Now, that was the plan two months ago. And so for the past two months, you know, these smart scientists in their lab coats, maybe not lab coats, I'm not sure what you wear to collect sewage samples. Huh. Think about that one. Come back to, I'm not sure what the sewage sample collection uniform is. Anyway, they have had two months to do their work. They are back, and they now are reporting through the Utah Department of Environmental Quality that 64% of the samples tested uh, have come back positive for the virus. Now, Kelly Pierce uh, yesterday did a great job writing up the results thus far and asked the question very aptly, why test sewage for COVID-19? And she uh, responds to her own question by saying that human waste is like a DNA profile. It can show a scientist what a person ate, what medication they're taking, and what diseases they have. And if you were watching uh, KSL 5 television last night, you saw an expert report from uh, Jed Bull. He spoke to some of the experts on this, including the director of the Utah Division of Water Quality, Erica Gaddis. She had this to say. Big picture, we were able to discover that we can indeed um, see and track uh, the virus in sewage. Okay, fine. Well, now what can they do? We can do more than just track it. We can actually quantify the amount of virus in the sewage. That allows us to see broad trends in community-level infection. Another expert to speak last night to Jed was Jennifer Weed, as professor of environmental engineering at the University of Utah. She was asked, how could this help us track the virus with the state's limited resources? Rather than testing each individual person in the community, we can do a community-wide sampling in the wastewater. Significant cost savings to the state, I think, gives the public health partners great information. Now, how about rates? We just answered this way. Unfortunately, the science isn't there yet, but we're going to continue investigation over the summer, maybe into the fall, and try to answer that question. So the truth is here that the science is still being refined. It's an interesting approach, uh, and in many places, not just here in Utah, but I was doing some clicking and clacking around the world's reports here this morning, and there are uh, portions of Germany that are undertaking this approach, and they are getting a sense of things. And that's probably the best way we can describe what is being learned by this type of testing, a sense of where the virus is moving. That 64% uh, of positive samples uh, from the sewage water, it tells us a little but doesn't tell us everything. Probably the most interesting results to have been yielded from this story are that there were, uh, in late May, uh, a large increase in the virus in Logan and Hiram, and that that trend was mirrored a week later as they started to see those active case counts come into the Cache Valley. And so the findings in the sewage water there did ultimately correspond or correlate, rather, to the actual findings when the community was tested. Oh, I'm proud of myself. You know why? Because just now, for about six and a half minutes, I talked about sewage and did not make one inappropriate joke. Are you proud of me? Or would you have liked to hear a joke or two? Well, I'm sorry, this is family radio, and I don't make sewage jokes because I'm an adult. And I, well, listen, maybe, maybe eight months ago before I became a dad, I'd have made a joke or two, but I have, a, I have a young baby daughter now. I need to set an example, and I can't be making sewage jokes on the radio. <laughs> At least not till later. Maybe the Nightside guys will. <laughs> I'll call in them. I'll share with them my sewage jokes. Anyway. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, uh, I have wanted to talk about this for a few days now, ever since I first caught wind of a decision made by the Paramount Network. They're dropping cops. You know the police show cops? Cooks! Bad boy! Yeah. It's not on the air anymore. 
We're going to find out why. I'll share with you my thoughts next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.